what's up folks it's uh you know maybe maybe they'll come back and maybe they'll blow a lead who knows edition of the hitting of the high notes jazz talk it is i am here you can follow me on the twitter verse at um, who trans superman that's h-u-u-t-r-e-n superman that's who trans superman um uh, and uh we're, we're bringing it he, um, he comes back strong uh like kim kardashian it's a uh, go to this is 49 what's up uh jar barker good man how are you doing uh, you know, uh, my, my shoulder sore. Um, uh, uh, my job today included a lot of high school basketball, so it's uh, it is what it is. So, um, looking that camera around, yeah, like, yeah, it, it doesn't look like a very big camera, but man, it messes up that shoulder there. Um, and he's back. Um, uh, other comebacks, you know, maybe I should say the comeback line for him. Uh, uh after um, uh, you know, a week long on the toilet, uh, the Squatch is a dragon's here. What's up, Dragon Squatch? I'm just, just, just honored to be here. Happy to be with the boys again. <laughs> uh, well, you missed a, a, I don't know, what was last week's show? Last week's show was just kind of, just, we were there. <laughs> hey, he missed, he missed Teo. He did miss Teo. We were, like, I, I don't even know what we did last week. We just kind of, like, just spoke about stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not much different than what we do on a normal basis, but it just felt like, yeah, we were just... What whatever we just kind of went went, went at it and you, know. right, you guys recorded before the Jazz put together the three greatest wins in franchise history in a row. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I know. it was like it was like right after the right after the uh, the All Star break, we just had nothing to talk about, and but somehow we it, talked for an hour and a half. So who knows? Yeah, we we spoke the wins into existence somehow. <laughs> I, I well yeah, so that's what we you missed. Lovar balled it, man. Yeah, that, that's what you missed last week, Logan. I am now um, officially on the Jazz bandwagon. Bandwagon, uh, we're going for a championship. So, you know. Oh, I listened. I finished it up today. It took me a while to get through it, but I listened. Yeah, that's. Uh, I always listen. I, if there's ever an award given out for the Jazz Pod Co-op, most listened. I listen to everyone's shit <laughs> all the time. Um, I should or shouldn't. I, I was thinking because uh, you know I was wearing I was wearing the, I was wearing the JPC shirt around town. I'm like, man, we, we need to find another wrestling logo, and uh, you know make, make make you know JPC version two of, of the shirt. You know, so um, I just don't know which one is. I, I, I got my head spinning uh, thinking about it. So, um, but um, as I said, so long brought up. We we had the we you know the Jazz had three the three biggest wins of the century apparently. Um, uh, uh, the the mighty comeback against the Rockets in overtime, uh, winning their first overtime game in uh, since in three thousand years, I think, and that was that was pretty big. Um, then they won two other games. Uh, uh, the Mavericks what, were what, there. What what was the win? It was like twenty eighteen or something, right? Like it truly is like just it's like eleven hundred days. I, I want to say someone like someone put out like eleven hundred sixty eight days. Uh, uh, and number number one, they, they, they there's a, it's not like a, it's not like a lot of overtime games. Maybe it's like three or four, but like. That means, I mean, they, they went through two or three seasons, uh, like, say, five overtime games that they all lost. So, I don't know. It's like six. I don't know how long it is. Um, that's just a guess. If it's a, if, if it's truly 1,200 days since their last um, uh, overtime win, that's got to be, like, four years. And you assume – I mean, this is their first overtime game of the year this year. So, maybe it's not even that many. Maybe it's only, like, ten or eight. So, I don't know. Um, but uh, – uh, what, the other ones were against the Mavericks. The uh, the beatdown against the Mavericks was it really a beatdown? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> or four or five points. Yeah. You, Utah Jazz schedule. Like I'm. Uh, it's, it's been so long. Um, and honestly, like the Utah Jazz, they are in my mind for maybe two minutes after the game, and then they, they don't exist to me until the podcast, and then I have to remember what we're going to talk about here. Um, so the last few games, uh, Dallas, oh, Phoenix, oh, we forgot, yeah, Dallas, Phoenix, and, and the Rockets. So, um, yeah, they, they, they're still on the road, they're gonna go to New Orleans next. Uh, yeah, so Logan, um, you heard, yeah, you obviously listened to what last week. Any anything that you want to add, um, uh, that you, you missed out on? Uh, from last week, not necessarily. I mean, there wasn't a ton. I mean, I think. I mean, it's it's you can't really be down on the Jazz. I mean, they've handled their business, which is a step in the right direction. Um, and for some, that's really all it takes. Uh, it's beautiful, you know. We we just need some clutch. We just need some clutch reps. So you know, we finally got our our one clutch rep against the Rockets. So now we're going to definitely all the mental 
mental uh, midgetness that we had before has all gone away. It just took that one win, so we should be back on track and rolling. So, <laughs> yeah, I like. Uh, no, I mean, I mean the, the 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 Dallas game was interesting. Uh, you know, they, they did sustain a comeback from Luca and the team. I think the the Mavericks took the lead in the fourth quarter, right? And then they started hunting Go Bear, which didn't go so well for them. Uh, but that, like and... that, that was the two games in a row where. You know, because uh, the game before that, I mean, it wasn't in a row. It was like 10 days apart. But the game before that was the Lakers when LeBron was hunting Gobert, right? So that was – but it was two in a row that their star was like, you know what, we're going to take Gobert on the perimeter. And it worked much better for second, LeBron. Second yeah. time didn't turn, turn out so well, yeah. And then I realized because I was catching up on a lot of podcasts last week. I had a lot of driving to do. And so I, I even listened to some of the ones that aren't in our little group because I was just hungry for something jazz-related. And I'm not going to rattle all them off. They've all got enough clout on their own. But I realized that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know enough about defense because I, I did say it looked like he was hunting him, which was correct. And then I think I said it didn't look like Rudy Gobert played him poorly. And I really couldn't have been more wrong, I guess, Uh when you're daring LeBron to shoot, that's probably not playing him well. But anyways, that's the extent of what I can learn. The, <laughs> the Phoenix game was interesting. I mean, it was a good win in Phoenix. Kind of interesting that we just ignore that Chris Paul wasn't playing. Hey, that's the, the, here nor there, I guess. Jared was there. That's the big difference, right? Yeah, Jared, you know, <laughs> they, they, they traded him uh, Chris Paul for Jared, so that was, that was pretty sweet. Um, hey, yeah. you, if you beat Phoenix I'm, uh, with or without – I mean, it, it was it's been about 3,000 years since they beat Phoenix too, so – um, you know, gotta get the monkey off their back. And uh... man, it was crazy how how much the Sarah Todd thing about fans is so accurate. Because I was just like, these fans just remind me of jazz fans. Like these are the similar types of things that jazz fans would just be yelling yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at players. I mean, fa- fans are all the same. I mean, that's the thing. Pretty that, much, like, you know, like we we just don't see because. We yeah. root for laundry, bro. Yeah, for yeah. laundry. And um, uh, I, that is probably true. I, I would imagine Phoenix is probably even closer to the Jazz than a lot of them. There's a lot of similar, uh, yeah, backgrounds between the fan bases. I would say outside of the, outside of their love, uh-huh. uh, their, their love for basketball and Jesus and uh, Brother uh, Smith. Yeah, location, location, Yeah, I don't want to come out standing there because the, the Jazz handled their business. They totally handled their business. They didn't lose any of those games, and that's the most important thing. So yeah. that's the thing we talked a lot about last year was they handled their business, right? Like even when it wasn't always, you know, I think I remember like our first podcast last year was talking about how they squeaked out the win in Oklahoma City, and we said well, at least they won that because the Jazz in the past would have lost it. So yeah. you know, they definitely they definitely are handling their business. So there's nothing to be critical of them. And actually, you know, Quinn Snyder. Even though, I'm, anyways, Quinn Snyder has shown more <laughs> flexibility recently. I don't want to get on the podcast and say every episode I don't like him, but I don't like him. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he has shown more flexibility. So the telltale sign will be: will he continue to have the, the, the balls to do that when, uh, you know, when it really matters? Because he think, did. He closed. I think was it the was it the Phoenix game? He closed with house. Or uh, yeah. Nearly, nearly closed yeah, with house. Yep. No, it, 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 he closed it with house. Yeah. Yeah. He he closed with house in that game. Um. I was gonna say, um, Logan. I, I think every podcast you do, uh, you should. That should be your thing. You should just remind us that you don't like Quinn Snyder. That should just be a thing. I, I just don't. I've been trying to think about it. Like you know, as a Broncos fan, it's like John Fox was the coach right before Kubiak took us to the promised land, right? And John Fox was like a good coach, and he wasn't bad, but I just didn't like him. And I just that's the way I feel about Quinn. Snyder. I just I just don't like him, and I don't have to. I mean, there's no like rule that says I have to, but I just don't. Yeah, I mean, so. You so I'll Twitter that. Also. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to own it, and not, I'm not like beat around the bush and pretend like I'm coming up with these reasons. I, I just don't like him, you know. But sometimes that's just the way it is, and you find these biases and try to disguise it. I'm just, I want to be open with my, my dislike. So you, 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 you wouldn't, you wouldn't leave him and Honey Paws in a room together. Um, no, I don't, and, and if, if you trust anyone, any female or male or they, them of yours to be trusted in a room with them, I wouldn't. It's just he's <laughs> anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and the Jazz, um, uh, the Jazz playing five D chess in their last game, um, um, getting up, uh, getting a, a big lead, and then um, uh, giving the lead back to the opponent to give themselves reps to practice um, uh, for the playoffs when they get a big lead and um, uh, and lose it, so they can be ready for that. Um, Scenario when it come playoff time. So, little five. Speaking of Logan's favorite coach, like he he had that quote after the Rockets game about how this game is good for us and blah blah blah. Yeah, that's what know. I'm saying. Like I'm a, it's it's five D chess, man. He he believe he believes in it. Yeah. Who he like, knows? Here's, 
I think I just barely returned to Twitter for that game, I believe. <laughs> yes. Um, so it, it's just funny because jazz Twitter is totally jazz Twitter. It never changes. Like there was the expected people saying it was like an ugly win. And, and I still feel bad about this team. And there was folks who were claiming it was like a good grind. out one. here's the thing. Like you never, never feel bad about a W, but like, don't like also don't take it a step further and tell me that like there's some deeper meaning because it was not a pretty win, but it was a good win. So you don't, you don't take it. I don't view it as a negative. But I'm not going to take it so far as to say that it's, 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 it's. Uh, it was know. the best one of the year. Apparently, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, or just, or the, there's, there's. there's <laughs> how, how can you claim that that's like reps for quest time? You're never. I mean, it's not even the same team or the group or situation. It's. It was March what, second, <laughs> in yeah. Houston against the worst team in the NBA. Right. Uh, that, that, there's there's no way. Come on, now, well, guys. Come on. If you don't if you're gonna practice giving up a big lead and coming you know coming back and winning it still, you want to practice as the worst team. You don't want to you you want to make sure you have that win win in the bag. So. Yeah, that's true. So maybe yeah, you're right. Maybe yeah. they'll scaffold. I'm telling you, I'm all in on this team now. I'm ready. If like I'm, this against, team is if better. They, if, if they do it against New Orleans, I'll eat my underwear. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you guys are right. They're just kind of working their way out. Yeah, so this is the team. New Orleans this is the next tier, right? Yeah. Yep. New Orleans. New Orleans. Then the Thunder, and then the Mavericks again. So. Let's go. You know? Well, they, the, the Thunder can't count, though, but uh, so they can lose that one. Yeah, I'm um, just straight up. But the uh, so it's got to go New Orleans and then Dallas. They've got to do this. Okay. And then, I'll, then I'll be like, all right, all right. We're, we're calling it now. Three of the next four games will be OT wins. Uh, just, just 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 blowing you know twenty point leads. Like I mean, you know what, guys, let's get by twenty five. We're, we're, we're going to do it again. Let the guy in the corner keep shooting threes, and then we're, we're going to show them we we know how to do this. They're, yeah, they're practicing for Clippers version two. Yeah, so um, uh, uh, I mean, there's a, a couple things. That, so a couple things like I, I'm being a little facetious about being all in, but I do want to be myself personally a little more positive. Like, you know, I'm I'm very critical about this Jazz team. Um, you know, people I love, things I love. Um, uh, I expect more, probably more from. As Vince McMahon said today on the Pat McAfee show, he he expects more. He probably would expect more from his family members than he would his coworkers. Um, so yeah, like, you know, I, I do, I expect this team to be probably better than perfect sometimes. Um, but you know, the, the jazz, um, they had a rough January and that doesn't bother me. They, they could have made a move at the deadline and it didn't, that really bothered me, but you know, they, they went and got a guy off the waivers that wasn't a buyout candidate, but it looks like he's gonna be a rotation player. It, I, I just feel like most of the team is better than they were last year. I believe, you know, the the deep bench, the 9 through 15 guys are better than last year. A- am I crazy for saying that? Do, is that is that weird? Cuz like last year we were talking about the 9 through 15 I was going, "Yo, those guys are pretty good. They're young. They've got energy." And a- a- am I being stupid by not stupid is not the right word, but am, am I being um, a two rose colored glasses here? Optimistic about again. Oh, yeah, you know, they got they got Pascal on the bench. They got um, uh, you know, Doak looks a lot better. Am I just talking myself into a group that it doesn't matter? Like it just doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, situationally, it could matter. Uh, we saw what what uh, the deep group did for the Clippers against us. Um, but 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 I just feel like we don't have like that same kind of veteran presence on on the deep bench that that they did. So I don't know. He's he's really called Rudy Gay. I mean, he's not deep bench, but that's true. A veteran guy off the bench there. Um, I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I, 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 th- I think I mean obviously nine through nine through twelve is or nine through fifteen is definitely better than last year because they're actual proven NBA players where everything else was the BA only. And I'm, I'm, like you guys touched on last week was the. The unproven guys that we all thought were great, but really weren't. You've actually got guys who've proven some in some form or fashion that they've been there and done that, right? So I, I, I would agree. I guess I'm still like a little bit. I mean, so so yes, you're correct. They are more talented, <laughs> are, but do I feel better about it? Not yeah. necessarily because I, I'm pretty sure we felt like we had the deepest team, and I think we said it. That it. We all said it. This is the deepest yeah. team in the NBA last year. We felt felt, and then like it, it, was, it just it just not, wasn't yeah. suddenly. Yeah. So like a, yes, uh, yes, correct. It is. It is. It is much deeper. But it does, I don't, it does I, feel like that, right? And I mean, Logan, yeah, you had a... some P- PTSD when we say that. I guess even though they're not, they're not, they're not connected. It's just yeah. like a trigger word, I guess. Um, I, I do. I like Logan gave us some hot takes before he came on the air. Um, that I mean, I don't think they're that hot, but um, I guess it's 
a little bit inflammatory to some players. So, you know, get that out of the way so we can go back to being positive here, Logan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm being negative. I think that I'm just speaking what I see. I know that, like, we all have our sticks we got to stick to. But, I mean, I've been plenty positive on this team many times before. But uh, my Joe Ingles take is the Jazz are definitely better without Joe Ingles. So, um, and I think we all kind of suspected that. But there was a contingent out there that was trying to show us things that made that he was still worthwhile. But they really, I mean... It, they, this is they, they've gone on this run since Joe went out, correct? I mean, I'm not saying I'm not this. I'm not this. This is this isn't about roasting someone for rejoicing on an injury. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just saying, like factually, like once Joe Ingles was out and hit, they were forced to find other solutions, all these concerns that we had with Joe turned out not to be a big deal. Him being, I think, I love your use of the word tertiary ball handler. Um, I had to really think about that one for a second to figure out how many how many deep that was, and I believe it's three. I, I think it's the third <laughs> third level ball handler, but. They, and I think it goes back to all of what I kind of get frustrated with. Like we can't figure if we can't figure out how to make up for our third level ball handler, you know, kind of over the hill type guy, then that's why we have a real problem. But um, Joe, and again, it's not a shot on Joe. Joe's still one of my favorite jazz men, but they seem to have been better. They've been better since his exit. I mean, that's just that's just all there is to it. And um, I wasn't on the Twitter sphere when the Joe Engel stuff came out and the jersey thing popped up and. You know, I've, I've done a lot of thinking on Joe Ingles in, in general. Um, we, we did give them credit for turning Joe into something, right? And they didn't just sit on it. And, and, I, and I think I want to recap that because I think actually doing some more listening and thinking, I think they actually messed it up because if they would have pulled the trigger on Joe while healthy, they could have got something worthwhile for Joe. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about the whole Joe Ingles situation. I know we, we patted them on the back for that move because they got something yeah. out of it, but I, I I can't help but think now, like you, you, there could have been something more there than what you got now with a healthy Joe Ingles. And, and this, and this isn't just me saying this. This is listening to quite a few national people say similar things. So, I mean, Jared was going, Jared, 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 yeah, say Jared was going about Moody tonight. So, um, dude, he had like eleven points in the fourth quarter. It was Jared. Yeah. Uh, Jared, Jared was plugging over over to, uh, over to his place. Some when you were talking about um, the Jazz being better without Joe Ingles. So. Yeah, and I've had one Joe Ingles thing trying to – this is the last thing. These are always like a loose just spattering of random Joe Ingles thoughts. But the last one being uh, I, I, I know that the belief and the thought is that everyone thinks he's immediately gonna, going to come back here. Um, and I think we touched on it a little bit. Joe Ingles, I don't, I don't know that a 35-year-old guy coming off a major injury is someone who's going to either A, have many contract offers by other people in the NBA, and B, I'm not sure that you – necessarily want him back on the jazz and the only role i can come to if he if he could play a udonis haslam style role i'm comfortable with that being back on the jazz <laughs> and i'm I, serious because if, there, if there's some sort of leadership there and he plays in emergency situations my fear is though that joe shows up again there's this obligation to give him more than what he needs and and i, I know he's saying he wants Prince to come back. Gonna play 40 minutes a game oh, I joe just, i love you but, but i mean that, that, that's the thing is we i don't i I mean, guys, he's he's not going to be back for like a year. That's like halfway through the next season, right? And I don't know yep. that – I don't know that – I mean, I think that if anyone brings him back, it might be the Jazz, but I don't think there's other offers out there either, though. I mean, what – I just don't know. I don't, the, I, the, big just, it's, it's, it's the big fear. The big fear for Jazz fans is um, – all kinds of weird stuff too, so I don't um, know. The big fear is that like in Portland um, uh, uh, will have his bird rights, right? So if Portland decides, hey, we – like the Blazers need – Joe Ingles' leadership or whatever on the team, even while he's hurt, they can offer him. I, I said something in, in the neighborhood of like four years, $20 million. Um, it's, it's not an awful contract, but it, you know, it gives Joe what he wants, like length. You, know, you like, really think that someone's giving Joe Ingles $20 no, this, million until he's 40? Portland, right? Like, I mean, well, the last thing that Portland said they were trading for Joe Ingles' bird rights. So if you're going to trade for his bird rights, you know, you you got to make it sort of worth it for for Joe to move out there, um, you know, and show him that uh, yeah, we we, we want to make you know you're not going to just give him a, you know he's not going to just sign unless it's like a nine million dollar contract. It's got to be something that makes Joe go yeah, this is better than me taking two million dollars from the Jazz. Um, uh, so I mean, and and it's a contract that's guaranteed till he's forty. So if, if Portland, if that's the reason they did, if that's I mean, it'd be a kind of a dumb move. I would think on Portland's part, but 
you know, we actually haven't seen them do a lot of great moves either. So that's what I was say. They've just unloaded a whole their whole roster yeah. for bags of peanuts. And... So, <laughs> so who knows? But well, um, Josh Hart, um, got Josh Hart out of it. Who's, who's I mean, but 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 by Portland, what's Portland supposed to do in a in a in a in a PR situation? Yeah, we just he's a dead contract. Right, right. Like, well, I mean, of course they're going to say something. Right. I mean, but the, the, I mean, there's that fear that, that I'm not saying it, it can't. I'm just saying it's out there. It's a possibility. Another one is like since it is going to take Joe. You know, till next what January to um, uh, you know, probably get to full health again. You know, somebody says, okay, cool. You know, they 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 think of Joe Ingles as their Daniel House, right? Like, oh, they need somebody to come in and be eleventh uh, emergency guy. And I don't know if if the let's say the Bucks are you know championship contenders again, and they say, hey, Joe, you know, come come out here. You know, you'll have a chance to not play, but. You'll um uh, if you want to come out and have a chance to win a ring, I don't know how important that is to him. It's one of those things that it is out there. I I I think there was a lot of people who you know myself included you know about three weeks ago was like oh yeah he'll probably come back to the Jazz next month on a, on a, or next year on a minimum contract and now I'm questioning like well it's a lot closer to fifty fifty than I had originally thought um, around the trade deadline. So, um, but I mean. I mean, it is. It's one of the things that, like, if he's a minimum contract coming back to the Jazz, I'm like, that's great. Yeah, do it. Um, the the one thing that you lose in that situation, I guess, is a roster spot. And if unless you know the Jazz have us their eyes on somebody else, okay. But uh, I wouldn't mind. You know, if your fifteenth guy is Joe Ingles on a minimum contract, I'm not. I'm not mad about that. So. Um, but I do, I do. For me personally, I think there's now a probably a fifty-fifty chance that um, a, a jazz man that I liked for a very long time is not going to be a jazz man uh, next year. So um, I don't know if that. Yeah. Answers, uh, I, I would, I would say seventy-five percent, twenty-five, twenty-five percent. He comes back to the jazz. Seventy-five percent. He doesn't play in the NBA ever again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's my belief. Yeah. So I mean, if there's Daniel House is walking the streets, looking, working off ten-day contracts, I just don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. has a market. That's insane to me. Like, like he's been so good for us, and he was just like sitting. I mean, he got cut by two for teams. Somebody to give him a call. He got like, cut by two teams this year, and he was sat on his couch for you know a while. Like he was cut. Yeah. He was cut from. Yeah, you know, he was like on his couch for like a month. Uh, you know, he, well, he got he had he, the Jazz were the first one to give him a ten day. Either it was someone else to give him ten days. Are you counting that as the two cuts? Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, I think New York had him for a little bit too, but uh, yeah, it's just. He he was Jimmer for editing um, uh, for a while before came to the Jazz and they you know again this is this is why I said you know now, well, now you're hurting all those BYU fans who are like oh no Jimmer we could have had Jimmer they could have I mean <laughs> why not um, but uh, yeah like I mean and and Daniel House like your, your Daniel House take was um, uh, pretty good too which is a, a good yeah I, I don't know if I'm all in on that yet or not but I still <laughs> think I think I think it's worth like a discussion to like. We got it. We got and just again, it's just it's just strange. I don't really know which way to go with it. He's been Daniel House has clearly been a great pickup for the Jazz, mm-hmm. um, but and so I guess I should just stop there. But I'm not going to. <laughs> um, like he's, but he, but who, we, we're going to give credit to who for that? I mean, nobody. I mean, it's not as though they went out and like scouted the guy. They took forever to put him on a couple of ten days. So um, again, great that he's on the team, but I'm not giving the front office like some great golden star for for filling someone out because they were COVID ravaged, right? Like it wasn't, I don't know. It's one of those things. But anyways, I just have a lot of rants. I'm going through people's timelines and catching up on how much I hate everybody. Um, <laughs> but anyways, is is Royce, is Daniel House better than Royce O'Neal? And that's that's kind of an interesting thought activity because I don't know that one is better, but I think they're pretty close to being the same player with maybe Daniel House being a better perimeter defender. So it's just kind of a interesting so, thought. You guys remember... Like, you know, we talked about Boyan Bogdanovich a lot last year. Um, yeah. You guys remember the type of player I was kind of looking for when um, uh, I was like, we should trade Roy or uh, Boyan for player X, you know? Yeah. Turns yeah, out it that. Like, it was like Daniel House with more scoring or something. I don't know. Turns out it's like it's basically Daniel House. Well, I, mean, I, I just said someone that could still, you know, get 75% of um, Boyan's gravity, a catch and shoot guy. Um, who actually catches and shoots? And, you know, somebody that still the defense has to like, you know, cover uh, on the perimeter. But somebody that's also out there that you put in your final five. I'm like, okay, cool. This guy's gonna be, you know, on Kawhi 
or Paul George or LeBron or or whoever, and have Royce out there as well. Um, and so, you know, I, I kept saying Jeremy Grant because I, I knew that was a name that a lot of people could kind of relate to. Um, but it turns out Daniel House is, is, is sort of like a, uh, who they're getting in. Um, so, I mean, Jared, you've, you've been on the Daniel House train for a while. Like, um, uh, is, is this kind of like um, uh, what you think um, his role is here with the, with the Jazz? I mean, yeah, I can, I can definitely see. Uh, I think it was Ben uh, Anderson. Yeah, Ben Anderson. He had a, an, an interesting little thread after the after the game when they were supposed to foul or the Houston game, I guess. Yep. You know, they were supposed to foul up three, and the foul didn't get called and whatnot. And he was just talking about how if House wants to close games, then they need to make sure that game plan gets executed better or whatnot. I guess the foul wasn't hard enough for them to call it or something. I don't know. It's confusing. Um, was it Royce out there or was it House out there? Uh, I, I thought Ben Anderson was talking about it being House. Maybe it's a, maybe that's a different game. I don't know. Um, uh, so Logan, like I mean, so you've seen it. So I mean, this is the type of guy I talk about, right? Like someone, like obviously he he can shoot the three. He catches and shoots. Uh, and we've seen him play pretty good defense. I mean, he's got a long body. Um, I don't, you don't, you don't watch a lot of defense, but he does look like he plays fairly well. Um, but you know, now we're running into that problem. As like, okay, cool. Like we still only have one perimeter defender out there because if you're just going to sit Royce for Daniel House, I guess the Jazz could be a little bit better in, in some situations because um, Royce is not shooting as well as he was last year and. Uh, there are still players that give Royce a lot of problems that, you know, it's it's not like new. It's not like Jamal Murray-type players are new to, to, to Royce O'Neal, but now you got Daniel House out there, and like, you know, he might be able to stay in front of those guys a little bit better than Royce did. Um, yeah, I mean, Roy, Royce percentage-wise is shooting the ball very well, but he just doesn't choose to shoot the ball. So you kind of led this <laughs> yeah. this intro with he, he will shoot the ball. Um, and so I don't necessarily – I mean, I've been a big proponent multiple times, and I will continue to do that, is I don't think – I think there's only two untouchables in your finishing lineup. It's Donovan and it's Rudy. Mm-hmm. The, the, other, the other three are all interchangeable, and I, I just I still believe that. And, I, and more times than not, I think that, that Bohan is, is the number third clo- next closest to being untouchable. So I don't necessarily think you need – I think that you get better by sometimes playing Daniel House, at least this version of Daniel House, over just Roy straight up sometimes. I don't know that uh, – I mean, he isn't afraid to shoot the ball, and I don't – Again, I, I I don't want to talk about defense because I don't know much about it, but I don't ever I don't I, I was thinking about this the other day because I do love Royce and I don't want to shit on Royce, but like I don't ever remember a moment where I just felt like I was watching Royce really shut someone down defensively, like it, to, to close a game out. Like I don't yeah. remember I don't remember it happening. And I mean, bless his heart, he does a little bit of everything, but I think we turned Royce O'Neal perhaps into the 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 glue does all the small things guy, and somehow we've lumped him into like being a great defender. And I don't know that that he really is a great defender. Or he's just better than the other ones who aren't really trying. So um, I don't know. I, I, I do love Royce. I liked all the things he does, but I just think that it just, I don't know. It seems like there's a little bit more of a, a willingness, uh, uh, you know, to not make the boneheaded plays down the stretch. And it seems like at least from what little I've gathered that, that when it comes to actually defending the perimeter, I think that, you know, Daniel house is bigger. He's, he's longer and taller anyways. Right. That's part of Royce's issue is being actually only being like six, four and, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's point, there's some point guards bigger than he is, but um. I wonder because um, uh, like you, you said, you know, you know, Rudy and, and Donovan are probably the only two that you don't take out, and that does you know leave it open that Mike Conley, who, I mean, I know he hit the dagger in, in Houston, and uh, Mike Conley's been really weird. Like, I, I'm I'm a big defender of Mike because I think you know the offense does run a lot better with Mike Conley out there. Well, but man, he's just not somebody scoring. made an interesting somebody made an interesting comment, which I thought that it made a lot of sense. Having what you know, just be, being at that game and just watching how much size Phoenix was throwing at Conley, that was just it was really bothering him. He was having a lot of trouble. He he played a lot better when he was off ball, and then Don would hit pass it to him, or somebody would pass it to him, and then he he'd take a shot. Like when he was having to handle the ball and try to score himself against size it was it was scary um for him uh so, so no, i mean, I mean that, that's definitely my go back to me. i got a default to jared because the first one i saw bring it up and that, that, that it's just 
And again, 75, 85% of the time, does, does Mike Connolly close? Probably, but I'm just saying that to lump him into the untouchables category doesn't always seem yeah. smart, especially if you're playing a team that's got a big backcourt. Like sometimes I just think you need to have a little more flexibility in it. And I, and I think that while Mike is great, we, we have seen some moments where it hasn't been great. I mean, while, while he was phenomenal against Houston to close it out, I do think he brings that presence you said, which is just a calm to the offense. There was also times where in LA, he looked like he was washed. And we were talking about if Mike Connolly fit is just trading for assets you know, so that wasn't that long ago. And it, yes, a bit of an overreaction on our, our end, but also like that was a thing yeah, Mike, four games uh, ago. Yeah, four Mike, games uh, ago. Uh, I mean, look, he obviously and, and the things that we, you know we, we talk about like the offensive gravity, right? Daniel House has it, Boyan has it, Mike has it. So it is important to have those guys out there because you're not going to leave Mike Mike open because he can still hit you know that three at a pretty regular pace. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's interesting the Jazz. It feels like but just got, like you said, maybe maybe you got to shuffle sometimes. Yeah. Maybe you close with Bohan, Royce, and Daniel House because it's a bigger lineup, and that's what you need. And I think that you know, I don't know. It's just I just would ask for flexibility, I guess. And it doesn't. I know that most teams do close with a certain group of guys, but sometimes I mean that's that's really been the undoing of the Jazz. What matters most is when they do something weird and we don't know how to adapt. I mean, it's it, it's all it all points back to that. We can argue over five out Rudy played on or off the court or what the legitimacy of that. It really what it comes down to is teams do something weird and we have no idea how to figure it out. So I'm not advocating for, we just throw five different guys out every single night. I'm just saying something just to show some form of an ability to adapt. Right. But yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a brand new Quinn Snyder folks. So um, uh, <laughs> we're going to see it. Um, oh, low post was talking about the jazz plenty today too. So get your, get your low post in. So I'm showing the jazz love for our little resurgence. Uh, I mean, 22 ish games left. Uh, you know, twenty like less than twenty five games left um, uh, in the season. Um, so I mean, where the Jazz are, it's probably where they end up. I mean, they're, they're they're I guess they're making ground on Memphis and and Golden State. But I, I did read an article at some point, which is it was really weird, and I wish I could find it. And maybe I just made it up, and I keep re- referencing this article that exists in my dreams or whatever. But it was like something like after like December like twenty ninth or something, or January second. Um, uh, wherever your team is, the standings are. That's like ninety percent of a uh, uh, chance that your team's going to end up that way. Um, just that—that's how the NBA works. Because most, you know, at January second, most teams know if they're going to be playoff bound or going to tank, and so all the bad ge- bad teams are going to tank. All the good teams are just going to beat them anyway, and then they're going to they're going to trade wins with teams that are in their same tier. You know, like you know, Memphis and the Jazz are just going to split the rest of the season series from, from here on out. Um, so, I mean, say the Jazz are are, are in four um, against the Mavericks in the first round. You know, it, it is a little student-talk playoffs, but, you know. Do you guys feel okay about that? Do you, do you feel okay about where the Jazz are right now uh, as of March 3rd? Uh, I mean... Uh... I don't know, man. I still feel like the trade deadline, like, I, st- I still feel like the, the Jazz missed a prime opportunity to try to get better. Yeah. I, I, I struggle between the, the uh, am I talking myself into a team just because, like, like deep down, do I feel like, you know, is this team championship material like I thought they were last year? Probably not. But then that ended in such a, a, a shitstorm, dumpster fire that, I'm like, oh, well, whatever. Like, you know, fourth fourth seed doesn't matter. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I, I'm trying to – if I'm tricking myself into cheering for the team because I legit think, hey, you know, they can have a shot if they just turn it on in April. Um, and maybe it's because I haven't seen what I think is the best version of the Jazz. I don't know. Logan, save me here. I, I, I am, I'm just kind of speaking I, I definitely – I mean, the Dallas game was interesting. I mean, I – you know, in hindsight, you know, I, I have taken back and looked and looked at how that was a good win. It was, you know, we showed some spine and we came back and beat a good team. Uh, and my initial thought, though, after the game was over, like when it was immediately over, I was scared. Um, the Mavericks feel like a coin toss series for us now. I don't think that, you know, if you're four or five points better at home against, I mean, Dallas was every bit in that game. And obviously there was some boneheaded decisions to go at Rudy, which I don't think they'll repeat themselves. They were definitely in that game. And so that's the scary part is, and, and I think that 
while Dallas hasn't gotten out of the first round, most of their, their series the last two years have gone like seven games or something though, right? Or they've gone deep. And that's what, I guess, I guess, I guess it's, I mean, which it's just, it's just weird because I do, I do, I, like everyone said multiple times, I don't, there's not a team out there that exists right now, especially in the West. Maybe there's a couple brewing in the East, which is kind of ironic, but in the West anyways, I don't, there's not, there's not like a, you know, you know, Warriors of three, Warriors of four or five years ago, or some of the dominant Laker teams of our childhood. There's not a team that, or even the Spurs. We always forget the Spurs, but there's no team that really feels like they're. We have no chance, right? So right. that that's kind of weird. But at the same time, I don't necessarily know that we're like. Would you? Would I mean last year when we played Memphis in the first round, like that? We we felt like that was the, obviously we're going to win that series. Yep, even after we lost game know. one, right? Even after last game one, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I was like, we're going to win this thing, but I, I don't do. I don't know that we. While I don't think the gap between us and the top three is that big, I don't know that we're that better, that much better than Dallas or Denver. Hmm. Um, I, it would just be, it would be a coin toss, and and so I don't know. I don't, I don't feel good or bad about it. I guess I just, it's, it, it's like we kind of joked about on here. The Jazz could go to the Western Conference Finals, and the Jazz could get bounced in the first round. And I don't think that's. I think that both things feel just as likely. I guess that's, a, which is, that, kind, that's of, which what is kind of weird. I guess to me, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. It's like I feel like the Jazz are more at risk to lose in the first round this year than they did last year. But I am, am now, you know, and this is truthful. Like I am now think that they are better built to go further than the second round than they were last year. Is that weird? Is that does that make sense? Is is is? I mean, it kind of does because it's just a weird. Like their floor weird, seems lower. Right? And their ceiling seems higher. This it just yeah. now there's more of a variable, I guess. Um, because yeah, it's just a weird season, man. The, the small things like now they have a Rudy Gay who they didn't have last year, who's more versatile than you know. He's not playing amazing right now, but Rudy Gay um, is uh, more versatile than George Yang was. You know, just uh, you know on on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, instead of Juwan Morgan and, uh, um, you know, Mione, they got Doke, they got um, uh, Pascal, they have Jared Butler. Um, well, maybe Jared Butler should be put in that, but uh, they they have some other guys that are like, okay, that's that's interesting. Trent Forrest is better. You know, we talked about this like Trent Forrest is a better Trent Forrest that they've had. Um, you know, are, are we to the point where we think Trent Forrest is a playoff contributor oh, boy man, that, that was a tough one but yeah it just feels like yeah they, they i think they could they might lose to dallas or denver in the first round you know in seven games but you know if they get past that first round and say they have memphis i mean they might be able to beat memphis or, or or the warriors in the in the second round and then after that like i mean just i don't know it's, it's weird to to feel like they have a lower floor but a higher ceiling than they did last year because you know the personnel seems a little better, and maybe maybe this is just me trying to talk myself into this team. Um, and maybe I was, maybe I was trying to be too positive last week and change my whole mindset. I don't know. So, um, well, yeah, they, I mean, they wouldn't. They, I mean, if, if things hold, they would get Phoenix second. So I don't. Maybe I have to rethink my entire philosophy on that too. Um, I, and while we did beat Phoenix, and and Phoenix, it's just weird because we seem to want to. I, I guess, I'm, it, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm guilty of it too. I, I seem to want to default to kind of disrespect them, but. Really, they. I mean, when when all things are going well, right, it hasn't gone well for us when we've played Phoenix. Um, but you're right; the, the standings will be a little bit interesting. I know there's it seems to be some renewed vigor and excitement because now Memphis and uh, Memphis is just dropping games, and so is the Warriors. Uh, cool the Warriors and Chris Paul's out, and so the problem is, is like the gap was so big. So, like you said, the thing is, is while the Jazz are playing well now, those teams are struggling. Those things are all going to flip flop again sometime before the season is over. The Jazz are also going to have another stretch where they lose four or five, and we want to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> and those, like that, that's the thing is like it, it takes epic collapses to lose that. But there was a lot of distance. I mean, the distance between the Jazz and Memphis, you know, in January was like the same as the Eastern Conferences one through seven. Yeah, you know, it, it was a significant gap. And so, and and I think that Memphis has already beaten us twice this year, right? So, correct. So, or no? Have we beat them? I don't know. I don't remember. All right, let me let me look up Memphis here real quick. Memphis, uh, the Jazz lost them in November. 
and they lost to them in January so far. They have one more in April. So uh, yeah, because we lost to them when they were not good, and then yes, we they lost, lost to them, we lost to them barely good. when we were taking when we were taking moral victory laps because that was like we put all the good teams. And That's right. We yeah. we were only losing by like a handful. Yeah, but. the the leading scorer in that game was uh, someone named House Junior. So. Um, so so what do you, what do you think like you you you've said that the, these the end of the bench guys make you feel better about the Jazz and the playoffs what like in, in what scenario like you think they're actually going to get minutes or you thinking that because they're better we can withstand an injury or you think that yeah I think I'm uh, play them or I, I think it's more like I mean I, I guess like yeah the healthiest teams are generally win um, and this is one of those like it's like the D Brown thing right oh no Derek you know Derek Fisher's in 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 New York. Uh, or wherever he was, and Darren Williams just got three fouls in the in the uh, in the first um, uh, quarter, so he has to sit. And, you know, well then you have D Brown come in, and you know, I, I'm not I'm not hoping that they win the series, you know, four games, but you know, if you have D Brown come in for one game and and help you win that game, cool. If you have you know Memo getting hurt uh, against Denver and uh, and Millsap getting four fouls in the, in the second half or uh, early third quarter, and uh, Fasenko have to come in. Like it's it is nice to have like all right, all right cool it, Rudy Gay for some reason can't go gets hurt or or Boyan or whatever like not not for like multiple games four or five games but you know if you have Eric Pascal come in for one game in the playoffs and helps you win that one game uh, helps you um, uh, stem the tie or or you know maybe even the Clippers last year like okay you know Terrence Mann is tearing us up you know we're gonna take. Joe Ingles out or or Boyan out and throw Pascal, Rudy Gay and 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 Royce out there and see what happens, um, just for one game. Like I don't know if it's gonna be a multi-game thing, like four or five games, but winning one game in a sixteen-game season or sixteen-win season um, uh, could be could be important. So I guess that's what to me I'm like oh that's nice to have you know in the back pocket. Uh, now if there's a you know a, a hamstring injury and someone goes down for a whole series then. I don't think it, it really matters unless you have, you know, a great backup, which I don't think the Jazz have. But um, it's 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 nice. It's a nice um, a little um, uh, insurance policy, I, I, sh- I should say, um, uh, for for one game. Yeah, that makes that, that makes plenty of sense. I guess a follow up for both of you two then would be: Do you lump Rudy Gay into that same category as the pa- the the? The Pascal and the 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 Trent Forrest just for emergency moments, or do you have do you have kind of a higher expectation for what Rudy should bring in the postseason? I think I see differing opinions on that when it comes to <laughs> Jared. You're the you're the Rudy Gay guy. I get a I get thanks. I guess I mean no. I, I mean hey. you you like Rudy, you, <laughs> no, you, you've been on Rudy no, Gay's train for a while, so I'll, I'll let you go first. No, just the, no, just the way that he said it. Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Just unfortunately, that's the way the the, the name goes. So, but yeah. like, I mean, I've said it before. I, I was like, "You're George Clarkson guy before, right?" So, like, just just so in case anybody thought I was trying to be like, yeah, derogatory. I'm like, I'm not. Like, I, that's just how I say it. Fine. So, I just thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I do have a higher expectation of Rudy Gay personally. I feel like if you're getting only that level of play from Rudy Gay, then the Jazz probably aren't in a good spot. Um, yeah, I think you need you need to, you're going to need some Rudy Gay games yeah. to swing a series, and and uh, you know if you want to win a championship, you're gonna, you're going to need like prime, whatever the best version of Rudy Gay that he has left to give. Um, Alexa, like. When when Rudy Gay was even before he had played for the Jazz, uh, we did a pod, and I remember you guys were like you guys were really high on Rudy Gay. Maybe it was after the first couple of games um, that Rudy Gay gave, and he, you know he looked you know yeah he scored like twenty points or something like like he, he was doing really well. Like I mean, there was a, like I, I always thought the I don't know the Rudy Gay level of play um, uh, that I thought um, uh, people thought he was playing at was a little overblown. I think, but I do think that Rudy Gay. Is important to have because you know you're supposed to shorten the rotation in in the playoffs like most teams do. Most teams don't play ten; they play eight guys. They they play their starters, you know, an extra three, four, five minutes a game, and then your bench comes in just to give those breathers. But yeah, you want your starters to 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 really grind those games out. Um, and the Jazz, you know, the Jazz six through eight guys are are Clarkson, uh, Hassan, 
Um, probably Rudy Gay, maybe Trent Forrest. Uh, Trent Forrest is one of those, like, he's an enigma. <laughs> like, he's going to get a lot of minutes right now. Um, uh, but in the playoffs, man, if you, if, you know, if he sits in that corner and gets the ball and nobody cares to guard him and he's either A, too scared to shoot, or B, just has a horrible just shot regardless. Yeah. Um, then, like, yeah, like, no matter what else he does on the floor, that just hurts the Jazz way too often. Um, uh, he'll hurt. He'll hurt more offensive possessions than he will help. Um, so, I think you know. I think they do need to have a versatile Rudy Gay. They, they need the Rudy Gay that could play center uh, when Whiteside was out. Um, the white, the Gay that um, you know could play center because, like, hey, you know, Rudy needs a rest, and they're they're still playing small ball. So let's let's give Rudy his rest here and. You know, have Rudy Gay pushed him out of that 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 five small ball um, uh, lineup. You know, I, you know, just something like that, or you know, just having Rudy Gay um uh, be able to back guys down in the post. Um, uh, oh, when Boyan's not in there, uh, a guy that has another guy can play back to the basket. Um, a little ISO ball when the Jazz need it when um, uh, the blender is not working. Um, you you need to have a a, a good Rudy Gay. Um, I mean, people are, people want to put Pascal in it r- right now and. Pascal's played very well. I think he's 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 got some stuff, but he's just not as talented as uh, Rudy Gay has shown he can be even this year. So um, yep. you need some of Rudy Gay's um, uh, uh, ability there. Um, but uh, you know, if if Rudy Gay just doesn't let he has it, or I don't know if it's injury, fatigue, or whatever it is, but you know, Quinn hopefully is like you know what maybe maybe today's a, a Eric Pascal game. Um, I don't think that will happen, but. Uh, maybe that's just PTSD on my part. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I, de- I definitely think that Rudy Gay is someone they're counting on to have an impact. And I, I definitely have a, I have a confession I have to make. Um, was definitely really high, super pumped on the idea of Rudy Gay, right? Like once we heard that name from Ken Clayton, that was the guy I wanted, was super excited to get him. I'm not making a statement one way or another. I, what my confession is, I love the idea in the name of Rudy Gay. But here's the confession part. I don't really know what kind of game Rudy Gay has. I can't tell you I watch Rudy Gay games anywhere because they were usually bad teams. And I don't know anything. About, I don't know anything about what kind of game Rudy Gay ever had or what he has now. So it's just, it's just, it's just I just, I, when it comes to him, it's just interesting to watch the different levels of how people are interpreting and jumping to it. And I, and I don't, I just don't know enough about his game. Like Joe Johnson, I knew what kind of game Joe Johnson played, right? Yep. And so it wasn't a surprise to me when I we saw that. And also he was dealing I with so a bunch Joe. of also 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 he was dealing with a bunch of betas on his team. He was the alpha. Um, but uh, and no, so it, I definitely there's a higher expectation for him. So it'll be interesting. I think one of the one of the 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 I think there was quite a few people last night were tweeting, "Do we need Rudy Gay?" Because I think he was pretty bad last night, um, and he hasn't really been great since the start of those first handful of games. And I think someone's comment was, we don't need him now, but you'll be happy you have him later. And maybe that's kind of the takeaway. But I guess, I guess so that's probably where I default. But I guess what I'm struggling with is because I don't really know what Rudy, Gay, what Rudy Gay's game is. I'm not sure what I'm hoping for from him. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, I think, I feel like he's the answer, but it's not like Joe uh, Johnson. Like where isolation it's like, hey, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not, I just confused as to what, as to what it is. And my second confession if someone could please clip like a picture of what the fuck the blender is and send it to me, I've been hearing that for five years now and I don't know what the fuck the blender is. So if someone could just pull a clip and just show me an example of the blender, then I'll know what it is I'm watching. Cause I, when, I still don't know what a blender is. It's when they're flo- throwing that, that flurry of passes around the perimeter and then they hit the open three point shot. It generates. Yeah. I still don't know. I, I, think, find a clip. I think I actually have one from Milwaukee bucks last year. Um, Oh, go look it up. Oh, that's a, that'd be a good one to send. Yeah. Um, uh, let me. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. But um, yeah, so that's that, that's our like I guess random. Hey, the Jazz are on a roll, but we still have no idea what we're watching. Podcast that we just did here, uh, Logan. Um, uh, you know why I look up this clip for you? Um, let's uh, let's hit the produce section. Uh, Marnay Marnay missed last week's episode because you weren't on. So um, uh, but um, uh, we didn't have anybody in the we didn't have very many people in the produce section last week. So. I heard. I heard they tried to give it. One of you tried to give it to her, and the other one tried to hijack it. So I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, the only person I really got is is your boy Stabler. Um, 
Stabler is just fantastic. I did. I I, was, I think I texted him because I was doing a lot of driving, and he was one of the thousand podcasts I listened to while I was driving. Not jazz related necessarily, but uh, just some of the shit he tweets out and his sense of humor. There was a reference to Bukaki on on one of his things, and I nearly I nearly spat out my Dr Pepper because I was laughing so hard. But uh, Stabler's a dude we need to get on here, man. Like the guy is like smart and witty and funny and. Knows his shit and loves a good sexual reference. So Stabler, so Stabler, um, uh, you know, I, we, everybody in Ogden knows who Ogden, Utah knows uh, who Stabler is. So that helps. Um, he, like, I go to some of his wrestling parties sometimes. We went to SummerSlam together. So, um, um yeah, like I'm uh, Stabler and I, and he, he, you know, go go check out his pod, Stabler and Friends. Um, I don't know what his sexist podcast was about, but. Uh, <laughs> It was, yeah, something. It wasn't that sexist at all, because that's what got me listening to it, right? Yeah, so, it was, yep. It, was, it, really wasn't, it really wasn't too bad. I was like, dude, I mean, you're, I was expecting to say, I, I was expecting some, like, gender battle situation going on with transgender rights or something. I was, I did there was nothing like that. I, like, it was, I guess, I, that's, that speaks to the world Stabler and you are a lot of, like, podcast-wise, because you want to say shit, but you know that cancel culture exists, and you're like, oh, well... I can't say that because um, uh, you know that will definitely get me canceled. So that's true. The only issue I have is he calls it Stabler and friends, but all like three or four they listen to had There's no, no friends. friends. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like an ironic part he, of the show, or if he just yeah. doesn't actually. I just pick. I just cherry pick three that didn't have anybody. But, I, I would invite him on, but he he won't invite me on Stabler and friends. So you know, there's a there's a small feud there. So. Well, you should, that's what I was about to say. You should bring us on the Stabler and friends, and we'll just go back and forth. But it looked like there was daylight in the background when he was recording, so I don't know if that really meshed that, with that us. A, I mean, so, sometimes it's like, so if he is awake at this time, he's oh, his probably... Is, is that dude from I Think You Can Leave. Yeah, he's, so he's, probably, um, uh, he's, probably, um, uh, he's probably having a good time and not wanting to podcast. He, he pod, he, but he does podcast more in the, like, the dinner evening time um, or afternoon time. Uh, so good. The, the real Stabler. It took a long time. For my Twitter algorithm to tag the real Stabler as to the as opposed to the real Stan Lee, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> no, he's a hard. You, I didn't get the Stan. I don't have the Stan Lee issue because yeah. I don't because I'm not a fucking dork. Yeah. But um, I don't uh, <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> stupid ass. <laughs> but Stabler was a hard one to find. I try to find him all the time. Yep. And it was it would route to different stuff like yeah. Kenny Stabler or some shit. Yeah, I don't the, know. The, like, the real. I'm like, oh come on, like yeah, you have to like just tag it so many times before the the algorithm's like, oh yeah, you want to talk to the real Stabler? Like, yes, that's the person yeah. I want to talk to. Didn't <sighs> some bat? Didn't some Batman movie or some shit come out today with the? It's like a vampire Batman thing or uh... <laughs> vampire Batman. <laughs> yes, yes, it was a, yep the vampire Batman. No, Morbius. Did, I don't know if Morbius. Is but when is Morbius coming out? Who? They keep like, they keep push, they keep pushing it back. What the hell is, Mor- <laughs> what the hell is Morbius? It's, it's, well, uh, you said vampire bad. That's the only thing I can think of now. Well, I mean, isn't the, isn't the Twilight Kid like the new Batman yeah. or some yeah. shit? Yeah, yeah, he's the new Batman. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it it'd, be, it, it'd be badass if the villain turned out to be Jacob or some shit, right? It was gonna be <laughs> that would be hilarious. Or Taylor. Oh my God, the Riddler is Jacob. Jesus, <laughs> fucking amazing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, so Stabler, the real Stabler, Stabler and Friends. Um, uh, he makes the, he makes the uh, uh, the the produce produce section. Uh, anybody else? No, that's all I've got. I mean, the rest of you are still exactly who the fuck I thought yeah, you were. So God, keep, I, keep, I, I, keep, keep being you. Keep keep like keep shitting on the Jazz every time things go wrong. Or somebody keep, like, tweeted out telling us they're the greatest yeah. team ever, even when they're not. I mean, keep doing your things, guys. I wish I I wish I saved these. Um, uh, uh, maybe it's my likes. Um, I wish I had saved these tweets i'm like oh yeah i need to read that off on the podcast and then three minutes later i forget they even exist so. i prefer not to get direct quotes i prefer to paraphrase uh, and then, then i can just have a little more freedom with it and then blame it on somebody else it's a better way to go <laughs> well there was something in one of our pods a few weeks ago where jared was talking about changing his mind to fit his needs or some shit and it was really a brilliant line i can't remember what it was like how do you feel about this well, I like to change it depending on how I feel. It's <laughs> genius. I'm like, yeah. and it caught me off guard. I'm like, that's a good place to be. Uh, you know, just why why be loyal to anything? Just flip flop. <laughs> you don't need to stand for anything. You won't fall for anything. That's a, that line was a crock of shit. What does that even mean? You got to stand for something or fall a, for anything. That's like, a good uh, Stabler, fucking polio or something. Stabler and I had a really good um, uh, talk about real sex on HBO um, uh, the other day, so that was pretty good. Um, well, it wasn't that an episode of his podcast, who? 
uh, you know, like, when he comes on, we'll talk about real sex on HBO all we want. Um, Which one was real sex? I don't recall that. That was the one that, that was the one that the one that was like you thought was porn, but it was actually about like real sexual like um, kinks and stuff, and they were just like exploring it in a documentary style. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like it was like following like different random yeah. people or groups, right? It yep. wasn't like. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was just like, oh, and hey, by the way, this thing or exists. Electricity. Yeah, I was like, so oh, you thought it was porn, but it wasn't real. Yeah, porn. like, I mean, like, like def- oh, you definitely like... still beat to it. Like, yeah, twisted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, these are naked girls. You're like, oh, these are like, you know, like documentary naked girls. Like, oh, okay. And now that's all. And now that's all you search for on the hub is like regular <laughs> women. So really, they're actually pioneers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, J Rod, um, uh, who you got for the pros corner? Well, I was—I just started. You started talking about real sex on HBO, so I just decided to see if there was a Twitter account about it. But it's just a hashtag. So, shout out to Marcus Smart for that sweet ass behind the back passing through against the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, look like a look like a real leader. Would never want that guy on my team. <laughs> Stop it! Oh, oh, Mark. <laughs> Marcus Smart looks really good tonight. That's all I'm saying. Does Jalen Brown ever play games? Like, does he ever? Uh, play? He got hurt last game, right? Well, yeah, yeah so. he got hurt. No, I'm talking about ever. Like, yeah, the like, last game. Like, Jalen. Every time I watch a Celtics game, Jalen Brown is either hey, getting traded or not playing. Watch I don't out! Know that's, I've ever seen him play a game. That's future Jasmine Jalen Brown. <laughs> God, could you imagine that? He's like playing less games than Boozer, and we're all losing our shit because yeah. we just wanted it so bad. And, yep. That's uh, hey. <laughs> I can absolutely imagine. Be careful! That. Be careful what yeah, you wish Twitter for. Twitter would folks. be in flames. Be careful what you wish for. Right, give me, give me that feast character and fucking Jalen Brown for Rudy Gobert. I'll give you all my first rounds. <laughs> oh, okay. I and Al, produce... and Al Horford, and Marcus. Give me the team. Produce corner. Shout out to Sadie. S A D E S, eighteen eighty eight. as her handle. She tweeted out. God, she's old. Yeah, 1888. <laughs> yeah, I Damn. Guess so. She tweeted out a video. That's a of her grandma. Uh, she said she caught on her ring. No, that she caught on her ring camera in her backyard. There was a like a cougar or something. A mountain lion in there. It's crazy. Oh, she was born in 1888. Her grandma must have been born like in 1800s. Yeah, I, I know. Thought, right? I was like, like, I was like they're still alive, right? <laughs> Moses' the second wife. 1792 or whatever it is. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, folks, uh, welcome back, Dragon. Um, uh, we missed you last week, but Tejo, I'm uh, filled in admirably for admirably for you. Um, and yeah, who's who's singing us out this time? Oh God damn it! Call <laughs> Tejo up. Call Tejo up. We need we need more songs there. I want. I don't give a shit. I want Carly Rae Jepsen on the way out. I, I don't. I heard you <laughs> drop that little nugget there. I told you I listened to these fucking episodes. No, we've already already heard Jared get. Fucking put back in his place yeah. by Sarah Todd. Oh, that was that, uh, I'm and, she, and he and he did, and he and he, so he and you said Carly Rae Jepsen and he thought he he thought that song was Friday. I'm like, nope, not Friday. Yeah, correct. Well, call me maybe. Hey, I just met you. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's not Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, yeah, man. Carly Rae Jepsen is, is is Canada's best export. So. Uh, oh yeah! Shout out to Tevin Tevin Jasmine. One hit, one hit, one, one hit wonder teeny bopper at yep. like thirty seven. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> they made her look like she was like a young Britney Spears, but you like Googled her and she's like forty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But good for her. Hey, I just met you. Yeah, that's yes. Rebecca Black this Friday. Oh yep. shit! Tevin Tevin Jasmine. Um, uh, he and I used to work together actually. Uh, but uh, after that Suns game, he was like, "Oh, Quinn made an adjustment?" Question mark exclamation point question mark i was like yeah i was like i was like you're you know apparently we're not the only ones um uh who are on the quinn is too um uh too um uh, uh rigid Rid- on, yeah so uh and shout out to jay crowder once a jazz man always jazz man so yeah. good assist from jay <laughs> i was so happy man i'm like yes that's yeah. the jay crowder i know yes i, love, uh, I mean I, good god there was that he missed that like Terrible. Yeah, so, yeah, like it people, wasn't just wide; was it was also high. Coach, bro, he was passing. Uh, it was even too tall for the coach. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my buddy at work goes, "I'm um, Andy, Andy Munoz because he doesn't listen to this podcast." But um, uh, he uh, he's like, "Guys, I'm uh, do you think the Jazz um uh, would trade someone to get Jay Crowder back?" And I was like, "This is weird." Like, it's a very weird conversation. But I was like, "The Jazz have the Jazz have Jay Crowder at home. Is they call him Eric Pascal?" So, you know, it is. They're they're the same player, guys. I don't know. I've never seen Eric Pascal jack up some of the shots that Jay would jack up. Jay, well, Jay, 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 Jay does have a Jay does have 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 a more green light. So, 
Yeah, he 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 never met a three yeah. he didn't like. Yeah, so um, uh, you know, he's the uh, he, he walks so that Jordan Carson could run. <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> yeah oh, talk about that. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, shout out to uh, to Mark of the Twos and Threes who, um, who already turned off after the Mark of Smart talk talk, but um, uh, he came and saw me at the Jazz game, so that was pretty cool. Uh, he, he doesn't me. like Marcus Smart. I thought he hated. I thought he hated uh, Patrick Beverly. Oh, they're, they're, they're all they're all in the same boat for him. Um, they're oh, all they're bad. all they're all that. the same player. Um, Mark oh. Mark made me get a haircut because uh, the picture we took. I'm like, oh god, I'm getting super fucking old. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, those those are my him. Uh, those are my uh, those are my watermelons in the proto section there. So um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you know, leave us a five star review. My phone's gonna die any second. I'm just kind of waiting for it to die. Why does um, it have to be five star? Why do we do that? Can it be three if it's like we're really not really a five star pod? Are we? <laughs> so if, mean, they, if they read us the three, that nobody will ever see us again. So just, um, uh, you know, for for those of you how many years in, are we gonna still keep believing that's gonna work for us? <laughs> uh, if you ever fill out a survey, this is just advice for everybody. If you ever fill out a survey, and even if they just did like a very good job, not like an excellent job, a very good job. If you if you, even if you give them like a, a nine out of ten stars, it hurts their score. Like the only thing that counts yep. are ten stars. It's better so, not. Get so you know, just give us five. Just, just you know, it doesn't cost you anything to give us stars. All right. Don't, so don't listen to Logan. Give, give us a five stars. Give star. us six. Give us seven stars. Yeah. Fuck, give us stars out. God damn. All right, eight. That's it. We'll see you guys next time.